0: Genesis chapter 40, and I'm going to read from verse 1. Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker, of the king of Egypt, offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them. So they were in custody for a while. I'm going to read verse three and four again. So he put them in custody who? Pharaoh in the house of the captain of the guard, in prison, in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. Joseph, the man of God, a man who was faithful to God since his childhood days, was confined. He was confined to a place. He was confined to a space, a limited space. He was confined where he was kept from the outside world, not because he deserved it, but because he didn't deserve it. Joseph was someone who was faithful to God, someone who followed God, someone who stood up for what was right. When he was young, when he was in his father's house, I'm was trying to. Scripture keeps locking So when he was young When he was in his father's house When his brothers did something wrong He went and told his fathers that What his brothers were doing Were not right He was somebody who cared about The well-being of his brothers He was somebody who truly cared For his brothers He was somebody who didn't partake With the unrighteousness And unrighteous deeds of his brothers He was someone who said, I'm going to tell the right person who has the power to change things. So he was someone who tried to fix the problems when he was young, who did not partake of that which was wrong, who was righteous, and who lived a righteous life, just like how he was when he was little. It was the same way when he was sold as a slave by his own brothers. He was a slave in Pharaoh's, in in Potiphar's house, where he was working there. And once again, he took a stand for righteousness. He said, I'm not going to partake of the evil that is here, even though this is my boss, so to speak. I'm not going to partake of this evil here. Even though no one may see this. Now, you look at Joseph. He took a stand for righteousness when he was in his father's house. And he takes a right a stand of righteousness in the stranger's house. In a strange land. You see how He's constant. Nothing could affect him. The circumstance in his father's house was very different from where he was. In his father's house, he was the darling of his father. And he was a child who was loved by his father. He was a good child and he had his father's favor. God gave him that favor in his house. So for him to have that favor and to take a stand for the righteous, for righteousness and to go tell his father about the evil that is happening there is not difficult. But still, he could have said, well, I don't want to make my brothers uncomfortable. I want to just side with them. Well, he could have even done what they did, but he didn't. So he was someone who took a stand for righteousness. Even if someone could say, well, he tried to look good in front of his father and that's why he did somebody can say that but I was not Joseph was Joseph genuinely loved God he genuinely feared God and he wanted his brothers also to love God and fear God and not to do evil so being a good brother when he saw his older brothers do something wrong he went and told his father hoping that things would change but everything became opposite after that even though he saw the consequence of his good behavior, taking a stand for the truth. The consequence was so bitter, where he was thrown into the pit, traumatized, sold as a slave. No one showed mercy on him. For taking a stand for righteousness, he was rewarded with evil, with the bad experience he had. He went into Egypt as a slave. Well, he could have said, I took a stand for righteousness at my father's house where I had my father's support and I ended up being sold as a slave. And here I'm, uh, here I am in Egypt in a land where everything is new. And from being the darling of my father, I'm here, a slave. I don't want to take a stand for righteousness ever again. Whoever does what, let them do. I don't want to do the mistake I did before. That's what got me here. Look, what did God do to me? I did that which was right, and he didn't reward me for my righteousness. And look, I'm punished. Look at my brothers who did evil. And look at them, there with their father. Look at me. I did that which is good. Look what God did to me. He's not there. If God is really there, if whatever my dad said was true, then this shouldn't have happened. God would have protected me. I don't think God is there. What's the point in taking a stand for righteousness? I can do whatever everybody does and be troubled free you could have thought that but he didn't many people would do that that's what happens to many people they get hit here they get hit there and after that they say well i'm not going to do that which is right enough of god enough of church or enough of this or enough of that what are they doing they're falling into the trap of satan that's what satan wants joseph didn't live to please his father or his brothers or other people He didn't believe something that he didn't know of. Joseph had a very strong relationship with God Almighty, one-on-one. That's why he was receiving revelations from God, not his brothers. He was having this communication with God. Not everything is documented in the Bible. One thing we know, God was speaking to him. He was giving revelations to him through dreams about his future. And guess what? Joseph, Joseph believed in everything that God showed him. He just didn't think, oh, well, it's another dream. No. Oh, well, maybe something is coming in my mind while I'm sleeping. He didn't neglect it. He understood it. And because he understood it, he was so excited. He knew the interpretation of it. God was working in him. God's spirit was upon him at a young age. He was able to receive from God and interpret that. And he was so excited and he ran to his father and told, he ran to his brothers and told, because he knew the meaning of it. Uh, what was the result? He was scorned, pushed aside. Even his father said, be quiet. He was misunderstood by everyone. But that didn't stop Joseph. From his relationship with God. That didn't stop Joseph from being the man of God that he was called to be. Joseph didn't leave his house. Joseph didn't leave the will of God. It was for the will of God for him to be taken to Egypt. Where the word of God was going to try him. Whatever the enemy tried to do, God was working things out. God was working things out. Now, God didn't cause his brothers to throw him into the pit. No, it's the devil. The devil who wanted to kill Joseph because Satan already knew the plan of God. When God revealed it to Joseph and Joseph spoke it out, Satan heard it. Satan heard it and he said, oh, Joseph is going to be used by God to bring the promise of God that God gave to Abraham to pass. Let me kill Joseph. So Satan's plan was to kill Joseph and that's why he moved his brothers to throw him into the pit and kill him there so he can die there. God came through. Satan thought, oh, well, let's put him as a slave. Once he goes as a slave, he'll always be a slave. That's what Satan thought. That God's hand was upon Joseph the same faith he had and the relationship with God he had as a young boy. He had it. Even while he was taken to Egypt. Even while he was sold as a slave. Even while he was a slave in Egypt. Joseph was faithful to God. Every time he was a slave, he was still talking to God. As we're learning about the presence of God in LTS, I want you to encourage. I want to encourage you to practice the presence of God wherever you go. Because Joseph practiced the presence of God. When Satan came to take away the call of God, he said, I tried to kill him in the pit. I couldn't kill him in the pit. Now, let me see. I tried to put him over here, but he's prospering here too. But he will be a slave. But you know what? I can't leave him here. I need to put him, lock him in a place where I cannot get him up. What place is that? It's not the physical prison. It's sin. Once he makes Joseph or once he pulls Joseph into committing adultery with his master's wife, end of story. End of story. Because he knows that clear channel that he had with God is going to be gone. He said, oh, well, I'm going to corrupt that seed that God has, that God wants to use. That innocent, pure young man. I'm going to corrupt him. I wasn't able to kill him. I wasn't able to kill his faith. Because he's still trusting in God. So let me bring someone there. He was all alone. He was by himself. No daddy to show affection. Nobody there. To talk to him from his family. Now you have a stranger there. Who's trying to be nice with him. Joseph was not an ordinary man. He was a man of God. He didn't fall for this false affection. You know, a lot of people. They get delivered. They get healed. They get saved. And, you know, guess who? Satan sends. He will send the man. He will send the woman. I've seen many people fall. Because of a man, because of a woman, Satan was sent with lots of loving words and lots of affection to entice them and to pull them into a place. You call Satan's stronghold. Joseph was a man of God, did not fall for those things. Even though he was lonely there, he was still never alone. He was always with God, even though he didn't have his father there. Even though nobody was there, he was all alone, a slave. Joseph was someone who didn't cry about a situation. Oh, I'm a slave here, I have no freedom here. And and now there are people who will even twist things and say, Well, God is giving me favor through this man through this manager's wife, or God is giving me favor through this manager. Now she's being nice to me. Don't you lie to yourself. Always have a healthy distance when it comes to opposite sex. If you're married, be very careful. If you're not married, be very careful. Keep yourself holy until God brings the right person to you. And be holy until the day you make covenant with that person. Be faithful to God and be faithful to your future spouse. Be faithful to your current spouse if you're married. God will use people who are faithful. Understand that. No adultery and fornication should be in the house of God. Whether it's mental adultery or emotional adultery or physical adultery, adultery is adultery. Don't play with opposite sex, whether it's texting or Facebook or conversation. You have no business. If you're not married, stay away from the opposite sex. Stay away. You need to have that healthy boundary there because Satan will use it as a plague to drag you down. You need to have that standard of God that is there. Holiness unto the Lord should be on your forehead. Holiness unto the Lord should be on your body. Holiness unto the Lord should be on your eyes. Holiness unto the Lord should be on your mouth. Holiness unto the Lord should be on your hands and on your feet, wherever you go. You have to understand that you are a vessel of God. If you want to be a vessel of God, then keep yourself as a vessel of God. If you want God to use you, you have to be exclusively for God may god help us to understand the depths to which god is speaking at this hour no flirting and no kind of illicit conversation should take take place because you want some favor that favor will perish with you if you get it in the wrong way your heart should be upright before god almighty it is god who lifts a person up and he puts another down If you want God to lift you up, you have to be faithful to God. You need to depend on God. Your eyes should be on God, God Almighty. If you're married, your eyes should be on God and your eyes should be only for your spouse. Your body should be only for God and your body should be only for your spouse. Your mind should be only for God and your mind should be only for your spouse. It's only such people God will use. Remember that. It's only such people God will use. If you have a desire to serve God, straighten out that which is crooked. If you have a desire to serve God, make sure you live an upright life before God. Whatever you need, God will give to you. Don't play cheap tricks anywhere in your life. Don't cheapen yourself. And don't let the devil come in and take even the little that you have. God is speaking at this hour. Joseph, though he was lonely, though he was a slave, he's coming from a house, from a family who had such riches, a prince becoming a slave, a boy who had that multicolored robe, all of a sudden becoming a slave, still did not leave his integrity, held on to his integrity. Never said. Well, I'm lonely. I feel all alone. I have somebody showing love and affection to me. Maybe God has this woman like a mommy to me. You know how many people play that and fall? Be very careful when it comes to opposite sex. Be very careful. Maybe God, God has this woman over here so showing affection. Joseph always knew there's something wrong every time this woman comes. Even though she may speak lovingly, there's something wrong. He drew that border very, very clearly. That's why when Satan just lashed out against him to commit immorality, he ran. He said, how can I do something against God? His God was so important to him. Well, shame on People who say that, well, I'm a man. I'm prone to doing this. Shame on such people. Because they lie to themselves and they try to lie to God and lie to their spouse and lie to whoever it is. If you want to be a man of God, if you want to be a woman of God, prove yourself to be worthy of it. Have a good character, strong character. A character that will be worthy of God making you into that honorable vessel, placing you where God wants you to be placed. Be very careful with it when it comes to your relationship with God and your relationship with people outside. Make sure you live an upright life before God Almighty. Now, Joseph did not do what most people would do and lie about it. He didn't do that. Joseph had the character to be faithful to God. He said, I will not do such a thing against God Almighty. He's not Like people who bring 10,000 excuses as to why they fell. I fell because, you know, my brothers did this to me. I fell because they abused me. I did this because they did this to me. Joseph was not like that. I did this because I felt so lonely. I did this because you know what? I'm a man. I did this because the temptation was too strong. God helps such people. Because they're not true to themselves and true to God. Look at Joseph. He knew what he believed and he knew who he believed. He had such strong character. That's what God was able to trust him in. He was able to put him in part of his house. Just like Job. Joseph was a man of integrity. God was able to try him he came forth as gold. No excuses whatsoever. No excuses whatsoever. So when this woman came, and now, once more, what he did, in his father's house, he's doing here. He's taking a stand for righteousness. He never said, well, I did that, and that dragged me down to this place, and I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to be a fool. No, he was wise. He said, What I did back then, I will do it again and I will do it again and again and again, even if it means death. I will do it again. I will take a stand for righteousness. I will not partake of evil. That's what he did. Guess what happened after that? He took him to a greater confinement. Now this is where we're reading now. From even the little freedom he had, Joseph was thrown into the prison because of taking a stand for righteousness. May God help us understand what the Holy Spirit is speaking to the hearts of this hour. Now, in the prison, guess who is still talking to? Joseph? God is still talking to Joseph. His anointing that God has given to him is there still with him. Because Joseph is talking to God and he's living a holy life. There's No block in between God and Joseph. His channel is very clear. Very, very clear. So in the prison, Joseph is there. Who also is there? God also is there. In the prison, God is there with Joseph. Every revelation that God gave to Joseph is not written here. What we need to know is given and that's enough for us. Joseph is in there, and his supervisor, the prison guard, sees something different in him. He says, "This is a different man. I can trust him." In Potiphar's house, Potiphar saw a Hebrew slave, and he said, "This is a different man. Even though this a Hebrew, he's not an Egyptian." can't trust a Hebrew because he's not one of us. But this Hebrew is different. Even though there's a Hebrew slave, Potiphar trusted Joseph with everything in his house. Only his wife belonged to Potiphar. Everything Potiphar had, Joseph was in charge of that. Think about that. How... The presence of God was with Joseph and manifested through Joseph, wherever Joseph went. A man of integrity. He was not a man of excuses like many people we see these days. Full of excuses. Why they were not able to read and write? Why they were not able to be faithful to God. Why they fell a 10,000 times. Full of excuses. God says, put away excuses. If you want to walk, if you want to be able to walk. You need to be able to hear the word of God so that his strength can go inside of you so you can get up and walk. Don't blame God because you got lame. You need to look at yourself and say that I have a problem here. If you don't come to a place where you admit that you have a problem, you're never going to get healed. Until you know that you have lameness, until you know that you have the problem and you are the problem, you can never get healed, you can never get up and you can never walk. The man who was by the temple called Beautiful knew that he had a problem and knew that he had to beg. He needed others' mercy. If he was proud, he wouldn't have been sitting there. Nobody would have showed him mercy. If he was proud, he wouldn't have received anything from Peter and John. Pride will keep us from receiving what God has. Pride will keep us from receiving anything that God can even give through man to us. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, Joseph was thrown into the prison because of living a righteous life. You don't see Joseph wailing and crying on the, oh, I did everything. And and look what, I did the right thing. And where is God? And I don't think God exists. And look at, you know, things are getting worse and worse and worse. And so now I'm not going to read and pray. And how many people are like that? weak characters so weak because they have no proper connection with god joseph was one person in the bible who never kept his eyes upon himself joseph was someone who had his eyes on god he was never me my 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 there are a lot of people it's like me my someone says something at work rub them in the wrong way. That's it. The whole day is all gone and then they'll take it out on others and you can see the devil on their faces. May God have mercy. We need to be reflecting the Lord Jesus Christ. How can you say it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ liveth in you? If you're full of I, may God have mercy. If something goes wrong, someone says something, that's it for some people. After that, you can see double in their words and in their expressions. God help us. This pattern has to change and you can break that cycle. You're the one who can do it. You're the one who can do it. You need to say enough is enough. I'm going to change the way I'm living. I'm going to change the way I'm living. If Joseph can, you too can. Joseph was a man who never looked at himself. Joseph was a man who always looked to God. He never wallowed in self-pity. Joseph never wallowed in negative thoughts. Joseph never wallowed in what others said and what others thought and what others did to me or look at me. The Bible says they hurt his feet with the fetters. What do they do? They hurt his feet. That means his feet were hurting so much with the chains that were in the prison. He was bound. Yet he was ministering to others. Yet God was moving in him. He was not a person who was sitting in some corner saying, God, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't deserve this. And look at me and look at my situation. Oh, Lord. Always me. Me, myself, and I. will take us to the bottom of the pit. Joseph knew how to keep his eyes on God. Joseph was a man of faith. He refused to look at his current situation. He was always optimistic. He knew that there is a way out. There's a way out. There's a way out. There's a way out of this. Even though it looked like, I'm never going to come out because you are with the criminals who did something wrong to the royal family. Potiphar belonged to that. Royal people working for the king. There's no way humanly he can get out. But you know what? For Joseph, oh no. God gave a word. If God has promised you something, God has given you a specific instruction. Are you faithful to do that? Do you have faith to keep it? Do you have the humility to go through it? Joseph did. That's why he became what God had promised him to be. Many times we get excited about the promises, we get excited about what God has spoken to us. Then we don't have the character to stick through it. We don't have the character to humble ourselves. We don't have the character to go through the testing process. God tests us. God's word will test us. You see, if you're worthy... Of what God has spoken. or our lives. Now. Joseph is there. Verse 3. He is in the house. Of the captain of the guard. In the prison. And that's where. Joseph was confined. Joseph was confined. Joseph was placed. Within restrictions. He can't go out. He can't live free. He had the chains day and night. For what? For something that he never did. He's thrown in the prison for a crime that he never committed. For a man who believed in God Almighty, is this the path? Is this the reward? Joseph never thought that way. Joseph had faith in God. The word of God tried him and he passed the test. In his mind, God said this, God will have a way out. He was not someone who was crying over his situation. But in his situation, he was seeing God every single time. No matter what your situation is, are you seeing God all the time? No matter what your situation, you should be seeing God all the time. God should be before you all the time. I'm encouraging you today, no matter what happens in your life, take your eyes off of yourself. The day you do that, that'll be the day when you really begin to breathe. That'll be the day you'll really begin to live. Learn to praise God in every situation. That'll be the day when you really, really begin to live. you really begin to live in the midst of difficult situations, in the midst of oppression, in the midst of whatever may happen. You will begin to live and you see God in the midst of everything. Yes, Joseph was confined. Still, he was a free man. Though Joseph was confined, he was still a free man. No matter where we are, no matter what confinement it may be, you can still be a free person, a free man, a free woman. You learn to take your eyes off of yourself and keep your eyes on God. The confinement will become a blessing for you. God will use that confinement, as God said in the prophecy, will use the confinement as the platform for your elevation. Because of your faithfulness to God, because of not complaining and not murmuring, Caleb received the portion, the inheritance from God through Moses. For him and his generation in the land of Canaan. Because of his faithfulness, without complaining and murmuring, he followed God and he followed Moses. Joshua became the next leader of Israel. Your confinement can become a blessing for you if you learn to humble yourself and if you learn to praise God through all your trials. If you learn to look at God through your situation. In this month of April, God is speaking to you. God is asking you this question. Are you willing to see God in the midst of your confinement? Before God can break that confinement and make as a platform for elevation, he has to do a work inside of you. He has to do a work inside of you. You have to become worthy before God can pour anything inside of you. Imagine what will happen if you're the way you are and God gives you the gifts of the Spirit. It'll be a disaster. Shame to God's name. Imagine what will happen. You know yourself too well. Imagine what will happen. This is why God works in us. If God pours into a vessel that's leaky, it'll all be gone and it's precious. The Spirit of God, the anointing of God, is more precious than gold. Nobody will pour gold into a leaky vessel. No. Nobody would pour gold into something that's impure. God in his anointing is all the more precious. God is speaking to our hearts of this hour. In this month of April, God wants to do a work of refining. In this month of April, God wants to do a work of purging. In this month of April, April God wants to get you to where you need to in order for God to be able to pour into you. God wants to make you ready. to Make you like Joseph joseph had a confinement yet he was a free man yet he was a free man he was walking with chains and it was hurting him physically in his heart he was not a prisoner in his heart he was a worshipper of god how many of you can be like that many people even with what god has given us so ungrateful so ungrateful will look at every little negative thing and leave all the positive thing and if you talk to them it will all negative 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 see can you see how much God has blessed? Can you see how much God has given? Can you pick some things from what God has given and open your mouth and worship God? God is looking for people with gratitude. God is looking for people with faith. God is looking for people with faith. So much God has promised and still people are ungrateful. So much God has spoken. Still they are ungrateful because they choose to look at whatever Satan is showing. Are you here to glorify God or glorify Satan? We need to glorify God. What our God has spoken, we need to glorify him. We need to believe in what God has spoken. Joseph was confined. And in that confinement, there is a ministry that was given to Joseph. You know why? Because he was worthy. In my confinement, I have a ministry that God has given. Confined yet free. My own confinement will work towards God's exaltation. God will be glorified, provided I continue to stay faithful to God. This goes for everyone here. In your confinement, if you're faithful to God, God will be able to entrust his precious thing into your hands. You need to become a worshiper of God. Not a single word of complaining and murmuring should come out of your mouth. Practice that. Practice that. Learn to praise God in the midst of your circumstance. In the midst of your circumstance, are you able to see Jesus? How can you see Jesus if you're looking at something else? You know, there are some people who have beautiful wives, who have intelligent wives. But they will not appreciate anything because they have no eyes for them. They have no time for them. They're always looking at something else. They have beautiful children. They have no time for them. They won't appreciate that because they're looking at something else. They'll have beautiful houses. But you know what? They won't appreciate that because they'll be looking at somebody else's house. Well, what is happening? You're completely missing out on everything that you have because your eyes are elsewhere. Many believers are like that. God has given precious promises. God has given them blessings and everything. Always looking at what Satan is showing. Satan is very happy. He'll show you even more. Then they wonder, God is not speaking to me. I'm not hearing from God. I'm not seeing what God... How will you see? How will you hear? When your eyes are fixed on Satan, when your ears are fixed on Satan, how will you see? How will you hear? Think about it. How will you see? Anything that God is showing. How can you hear? Anything that God is speaking. If you're always in tune with everything that the devil is showing. those eyes need to be washed with the word of God. Those ears need to be washed with the word of God. And there has to be direction change. I pray that God will speak to every single person here, that there must be a shift that is taking place in your spiritual realm where your eyes need to go to the Savior. Where your ears need to be transferred to the voice of the Savior. Your focus must become what God has spoken, what God has given. You must be a worshiper of God. When Job's house was completely destroyed. His children's house was destroyed. Bad news is coming. Cattle were gone. What did he do? He got up and he worshiped God. Is he a man or is he an angel? He's a man of character. I pray that God will raise men and women of character from our church. Won't be weak in their faith. Will be strong in their faith. That they will rise up and worship God regardless of what happens to them. Be like Joseph. Joseph was confined. He was confined. His feet were hurting. His hands were hurting. He was lonely, so to speak, in the prison, in the sight of others. But he was not alone. He was not alone. Alone, but never alone. From the outside, people can see him alone, but he was never alone. How can you be alone if God is with you? How can you be alone if God is with you? God is with you. You have everything you need. But you have to be in tune with him. Unless you're walking with God, you will never know that He's with you. That's why God gave this illustration. You can have a beautiful wife, you can have beautiful children. If you're looking at somewhere else, all the time at another woman and somebody else's kids, you're going to miss out on what you have. You're never going to experience anything that God has for you. God has given to you. Learn to be grateful. What God has given. Learn to appreciate what God has given. Learn to appreciate your spouse. Learn to appreciate your children. Learn to appreciate your God. Learn to appreciate everything that God has given to you. Learn to be grateful. Learn to be grateful. Whatever your situation is, whatever you don't have, do you have something that you can see that you have? A lot of people like to look at everything that they don't have. I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. So what do you have? What do you have? Do you have clothes to wear? Thank Him. Do you have voices to speak? Thank Him. Do you have eyes to see? Thank Him. Don't open your mouth and say, I don't have. 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 The more you say I don't have and the more you focus on what you don't have, even what you have will disappear from you. That's the truth. But the more you praise God for what you have, more what you even don't have will come to you. Because blessings will come to people who have gratitude towards God. But to those who complain and complain and complain and complain, even what they have will be taken away from them. That's the truth. Another trick of the enemy is, well, I don't know why I am. Well, you should know. Well, I don't know why I am this way. Well, you should know. It's like people who eat junk food and junk food and junk food and say, I don't know why I'm sick. If you're meditating on evil things, that says why you are the way you are. You listen to the voice of the enemy, it'll say why you are the way you are. You listen to the lies of the enemy, then it says why you're the way you are. If you meditate on his word and refuse the enemy as God has taught you to do, Don't give your eyes for evil. Don't give your ears for evil. Don't partake of evil. Put into yourself that which is good and discard that which is evil. In short, I'm saying scripture. Then you're going to be healthy. The way you look is going to be good. The way you're going to speak is going to be good. The way you hear is going to be good. Everything is going to be right. Everything is going to be right. But if... You look at everything that is not there. Even what small thing that is not there, Satan will magnify it. Because you're looking at it. You know, there are people I know who will go stand in front of the mirror and say, Oh, one eye looks bigger than the other. One eye looks bigger. The more they look, you know what will happen? One eye will look bigger to them. For everybody else, that will look normal. It's a demonic thing. We've prayed for people like that oh, this is not right, that's not right, and my teeth is like that, my nose is this way, and my head is this way. There are people like that. They go and look. And there are people who look for something. Guess what? It'll appear. Satan will give you for what you're looking for. Satan will give you what you pay attention to. He will increase even what is in front of you when you show more focus to it. What are you supposed to be looking at? What are you supposed to be meditating on? What are you supposed to be thinking God for. Look at all those things. Meditate on God's word. Meditate on what God has spoken over you. Take the prophecies that God has given. Meditate on those things. How will you have time to even hear what Satan says? If you fill your mind constantly with God's word and meditate on his word day and night. Is God's word true or not is a question. Someone says, those who meditate on his word day and night, they shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, bring forth their fruit in their season, and their leaves never wither, and whatever they do shall prosper. This is God's word, and it will never return void, and it will never lie. That's how it is. So if you want to live a prosperous life in this month of April, you need to change the way you behave. You need to change the way you think. You need to change the way you look. You need to change the way you live. You need to change the way you listen. You need to change the way you act. Take God's word for what it is, mix your faith with it, and change your behavior according to it. Everything will change. Whatever the word says will start to play out in your life. Joseph was confined, yet he was not confined. Where he was, God used him in a mighty way. Where he was, God used him in a mighty way. It was where, in the midst of his con- confinement, where God used him in the life of one of the prisoners that were there. The very same guy, later on, was used by God to bring Joseph out of his prison. God speak to our hearts at this hour. His confinement became an elevation why because in the midst of his confinement he chose not to look at his confinement he chose to look at God and do the will of God as a result of that the will of God turned that confinement into an elevation for Joseph because he did the will of God if he would have been confining all his dreams everything would have been dead whatever God gave nothing would have happened so never think well I got the prophecy So because I got the prophecy, somehow the prophecy will happen and and I don't have to listen to any counsel. I don't have to do anything. I don't want to, you know, do what the pastor says. I don't want to do what the Bible says. I don't want to do anything and I'll do my own thing and somehow it'll happen. It will not happen. All the prophecies will die. It will not happen. Every prophecy comes with a condition. You have to fulfill it. Just like how you have to eat in order for you to grow, in order for you to live. You need the word of God to work in your life and you need to obey the word of God in order for that to work in your life. You need to chew your food, digest it so that it will go into your body and nourish you so that you can live. Every word that God has spoken, take it. Take it because your soul depends on it. Your body depends on it. Your family depends on it. Everything depends on it. Joseph was confined but not confined. Joseph was confined, but he was not confined. While he was in prison, he was not saying, well, I'm going to stay here for the rest of my life, so let me set up shop here and let me somehow get adjusted to this. No, he was not like that. He had this vision. God gave this vision to me. This is a place that I am in, temporary. God will take me out. That's why he had that faith and he was able to tell the guy To whom he interpreted the dream, he said, remember me when you go out of here. Because he believed that his interpretation will come to pass. Because he had the spirit of God. He knew that God gave that interpretation. He had the anointing of God. He knew that I will come out through him. God will use this circumstance. He was not someone who said, I'll just somehow manage with what I have now. We need to be people of faith. Never think that, well, this is my situation, so I'll just somehow live with it. Well, you want to live with it, you will live with it. If you want to say that, oh, I will live in the prison for the rest of my life and somehow, well, I'm I'm somebody, you know, who has been given some little responsibilities and I'll just play a hero here and you will stay in prison for the rest of your life. But if you choose to hold on to the word of God and say, this is a temporary place, but I'm not going to look at the confinement. I'm looking at God. And I'm going to serve him here. I'm going to joyfully serve him here. I'm going to make sure everybody's happy. Are you like that? Making sure everybody's happy because of you? And making sure that you are God's instrument and God's agent of healing to those around you? Is your mood causing others to rejoice? Or is your sourness bringing the atmosphere down and disturbing the presence of God and taking the joy out of other people's hearts? God is speaking to the hearts of this hour. In this month of April, things must change in your family. Things must change in your personal life. Things must change at your home. You want God to do something for you? You need to do something for yourself first. Get yourself ready so that God can do something in your life. Position yourself so that God can do something in your life. Make sure you become an agent who is ready to be blessed and become a blessing for others. Joseph was confined, yet he was not. Nobody could confine him. Outside, prison was there. Externally, people can see him in the prison. But that couldn't stop him. He was unstoppable. Even in prison, he was a mighty force. The joy of the Lord was always there inside of him. He was somebody who never thought about himself. He was somebody who has thought about God and thought about the next person. That only happened in the lives of those who don't look at themselves. who Always think about God and think about, what do you want me to do, Lord, today? How am I going to bless somebody today? That's how you need to be. When you come to the house of God, you need to be somebody, Lord, somebody who will pray, Lord, I want to bless you. I want to worship you. I want to offer to you my sacrifice of thanksgiving, my offering of praise and my offerings to you. I want to bring to you Lord. I want to bless you. That's number one. Secondly, Lord use me to bless my brother and sister, even by my smile, even by my greetings. I want to be someone who will bring joy to the house of God. I want to be someone who will bring peace to someone who is next to me. You want to be a contributor. Yes, we are coming to receive from the house of God, but having received from God week after week after week, we should be giving. We should be praising God to the maximum and we should be bringing joy to the house of God. We should be bringing joy to the people who are around us. Joseph was in prison still. You have to understand, prison did not affect his joy. This prison did not affect his service to God. He was confined, yet not confined. In his heart, he was a free man. In his soul, he was a free man. He was a free man before God. He was someone who served God. Wherever God placed him, back home, as a slave, and now as a prisoner. Wherever you are, you being someone who will carry the presence of God? Whatever your situation may be. Or are you someone who's sitting and telling, well, I didn't do anything wrong and this will happen and this Potiphar's wife is such a nasty woman and she did this to me and bitter and tell 100,000 people how nasty Potiphar's wife was. I'm so holy. God sees all of it. We need to be people of integrity before God. Joseph was not like that. Joseph didn't talk anything about Potiphar's wife. You don't see anything after that. Joseph was there with the spirit of God trying to see how it can help the next person. Very different, right? From Most people that we see these days. And it's all about me. It's like, I'm the victim. And everybody else, look at me. What I'm going through. Joseph was not like that. There was no look at me in Joseph's life. There was no look at me in Joseph's vocabulary joseph's eyes were upon god it was always lord i want to point people to you i want to be an agent of healing i want to be an agent of joy even though i'm going through sorrow i'm not going to bring it out on other people i'm not even going to pay attention to it i'll take it to you and i'll pray but other than that I'm not going to magnify it. I'm not going to pour water to that sorrow and pour minerals to that sorrow and grow that sorrow tree and eat that sour fruit. No. That's what happens to many people. Sit and think and think and think what other people did and they bear sour fruit and bitter fruit and wonder why my life is like this. I'm a good Christian. No, you're not. No, you're not. God is speaking to our hearts today. Meditate on that which is good. Think about good things that people have done for you. Think about good things that God has done for you. Think about the good things that God has given to you and be a man of gratitude. Be a woman of gratitude. Be a person who will be grateful to God. There's no room for bitterness in a heart that is full of gratitude. In this month of April, tell yourself, you're going to be a person who's full of gratitude. In this month of April, tell yourself that, God, as you're leading us as a church into praise, my praise has to be pure praise. that comes from a pure heart. I want to praise you with everything that is within me out of a grateful heart. I'm not going to be someone who is bitter and then try to praise God, no. For that, you need to get rid of bitterness. You need to take that poison out. You now, how when something goes in your hand, you squeeze it and push it out. And even if it hurts, you do it. Be true to yourself. Look at yourself, have a hard. to look at yourself and see who you are before God. Let God go deep inside and take that pus out, take that cancer out, take that ugliness out. Worship him with a pure heart after that. Let the Lord work in you in this month of April. Tell yourself, I want to be like this Joseph, confined yet not confined. Whatever is trying to restrict me, the promise God has given that God is going to remove that confinement. He's going to make the confinement as an elevation where it's going to be a platform for God to do wonders in your life. However, your faith will be tested though. Your faith will be put to test. In that confinement, how are you going to behave? Are you going to act out of faith? Are you going to keep your eyes on God? Are you going to have a gratitude? A heart of gratitude? Grateful to God? Are you going to be joyful and bring joy to where you are? Or are you going to be the opposite as to how the devil wants you to be so that you can lose everything that God has for you? If you want to turn your confinement into a platform, God will use free elevation so that you can bring Jesus to those around you. You need to change your attitude. You need to change the way you think. You need to change the way you talk. You need to look at every good thing that God has done for you and praise him and praise him and praise him, even for the bad things that have happened. Praise him because God is using all those things to change you. Not the bad choices that you made. No, definitely not. Those are the areas that you have to change. You have to change. Because God is working in our midst. Let's surrender ourselves to God 100%. God is going to continue to speak to us all the more. Tomorrow. Sunday and the days to come for this month, for us. And God is going to do tremendous things. But this is foundational. This first day, this is very important. Without purification, without a deeper cleansing, without sanctification, without God straightening out that which is crooked, whatever God will try to flow through you will not go. It'll just stop because it's crooked. God wants to straighten everything so that the flow is straight, that you receive everything that God has for you. God wants to strengthen your legs. God wants to make you to walk. God wants to make you to stand. But you need to be what God wants you to be. By the temple. And by the pool of Bethesda, Where Jesus is. You need to straighten out that which you need to straighten out. God is speaking to her.